Hi everybody and welcome to Release It With Lucy, my little podcast that I do for fun, but just also for informative and being very lighthearted about certain situations. So today I wanted to tackle something, I won't say it's controversial, but something that's very important in modern day society, which is therapy. Now, a lot of people that I've spoken to said that therapy is expensive, it's ineffective. All you do is speak to a complete stranger in a room about your problems and sometimes it's difficult. Yes, you are speaking to a third party that is licensed and registered to listen to what you have to say and give you good advice. That's the truth. Is it a waste of money? No, look at it as a long-term investment in yourself. And is it ineffective? Depending on how you decide to look at it. If you are given an exercise or a task from a licensed therapist and you decide this is bullshit and you're not going to do it, what does that say to your personal growth and your own self-improvement? So this is just like certain things that I'm going to just throw out there and we'll see where it goes. Like I really hope I can convince more people who are denying their trauma to actually take a few sessions, sit with a therapist and walk through those things. And I say that out of care for other people. I might be absolutely terrified of people, but they fascinate me so often. And in today's society with words like narcissist and sadist and manipulator and all of those things just getting thrown out there, from other people to other people, why is that becoming a new normal where we just get to label people how we want to without knowing the backstory as to why they are the way they are? So that's something that I'm also starting to pick up in today's, you know, quote unquote, woke culture is two things. Woke culture where we get to, for some reason, as complete strangers, call out other people on their behaviors, not focusing on ourselves. We are so consumed by what other people are doing, that we are forgetting the very essence of who we are. So that is something I wanted to point out. And secondly, is the misinformation error. Like guys, do you remember the entire situation between getting vaxxed and being against the vax? There was such a huge conversation about that. People throwing out information, people throwing out data, people, you know, saying and threatening anti-vaxxers that they're going to be stigmatized they're not going to be able to go to shops or have a normal life and I remember I was quite on the fence when it came to the entire COVID-19 vax I know I was because I had heard really terrible things you know not being a mom myself but wanting to be a mom in the future if they say something about my fertility I'm going to stress out about it but look at the really weird adverse effects now I'm thinking about infertility I'm going to get married couple years later, I'm going to think about having kids, but I think I got the vax, so crap, my chances of getting pregnant is going to be really small. I have to do something about this. Now, in doing that, where you're overthinking it, you're probably not going to get the desired results because you are putting yourself under stress. And why are you doing that if it's on a misinformation sort of situation? And again, I'll reiterate, not everybody is the same. So I'm not like pointing fingers at anybody and saying this person was wrong, that person was wrong. Remember, how we react to things is not exactly the same as the next person. So there's that that we can also take into effect. Now, I just want to talk like 
on the point of trauma in general, whether it was physical trauma, emotional trauma, at some point in our life, we are going to go through trauma. And how we deal with it is going to affect our day-to-day activities going forward. And I can vouch for that one million percent because right now, after being in a car accident when I was 10, I still feel like that for some reason, like I have walked through it, but sometimes I get this weird intrusive thought that comes into my brain. It's going to happen again. I mean, I was 10, I'm 28 now. It's good 18 years ago that this happened. And because of the trauma and getting picked up by an ambulance and getting plastic surgery on my face, I was honestly terrified of being in a car. I was terrified of certain roads when it rains. I used to see accidents and my heart used to like skip a beat because I used to be like, oh my God, I hope that person didn't go through what I did. But I later on realized that it was a very physical that linked into an emotional trauma. And having worked on that, I feel so much better about being in a car. I know to be way more observant and all of that stuff. And that the accident, there's really nobody to blame, you know situations just all lined up and at that moment something happened where I was injured so that is something that I realized how did it affect me people ask that's a good question because I'll tell you exactly how it affected me I no longer felt comfortable behind a wheel because at that point I was 19 when I started driving and going for lessons and stuff like that but I used to get behind the car the wheel and I used to be like drive and I used to be like I hope I don't cause an accident and that's all I focused on instead of being vigilant I was in my head about I hope I don't start an accident right now and somebody's life gets taken away or they get really badly injured or adversely like I hope I don't get into an accident right now and I don't get badly injured so that's not a really healthy thing to do because put in perspective if you are somebody that should be driving and doesn't want to drive like what is stopping you is there something traumatic like an accident are you sleeping on yourself why don't you want to do those things i know that there's people that just flat out refuse certain things but there needs to be a why and i'm one of those why people i'm a questioner like i'm never ever going to stop having my questions about situations so oh guys i must just side note this quickly I'm coming out of a flu right now (laughs) and I'm really hoping for it to go away because I want to go back to being active which is not really going to help if I feel all coldy and stuff so if you hear my voice going in and out like you can blame the damn cold anyway um where were we like we're talking about trauma right so we have to like start for ourselves like if you could do this for yourself it would be a good thing You need to sit down with yourself and be like, when I'm put in this sort of situation, why do I have this sort of reaction? Is it because A, B, and C, and you start to rationalize that? That's my overthinking brain and my analytical brain, by the way. And go, is this something I need help for to overcome? Is this something I need help with to cope? And you take it from there. Now, I know of really fucked up situations people have gone through and refused therapy. And when you ask them why, they're like, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste my money. Like, I'm over it. I'm fine. But those people are so hectically traumatized 
that it changes the very essence of their personality. And if you think about it, like, is that really worth, like something that you went through in the past, that you're holding on in your present, that is going to affect your future if you don't find better ways to handle it, is that really worth your well-being in your current state? And your answer, if you in this for yourself, should be no, I'm not okay with that. What I should be okay with is getting the help that I need from trauma I have yet to overcome that is affecting my present, my right now, and if I don't let it go and do something about it, it's definitely going to affect my future. So that said, having done, you know, anxiety, coaching, and all of that stuff, everything that I had gone through, I can now literally say that I'm more self-aware and I understand myself a lot better. I'm not asking somebody else to understand me for me, which is also something that we get wrong in today's day and age. You are not with your friends so that they can understand you better than you understand yourself. I know that we can romanticize that as much as we want, but you need to have a very firm grasp on who you are, what you can handle, what you can't handle, what is you and what is not you. You need to have your boundaries already set up. And already I can owe that to the fact that like as kids, who here has been told as a kid, like when it comes to bullying, don't give the bullies what they want. They want you to react this way, so don't react this way. And you go home and all of a sudden you're crying for two hours on the floor and being like, people don't like me, oh no. Because that happened to me, I was bullied as a kid. Not severely bullied, I can say, but like nonetheless, I was bullied. And it used to fuck with me. Like, it used to fuck with my day to day. It used to fuck with a lot of things. And I used to sit here and be like, whose bright idea was it to tell me to not have a reaction to this sort of situation? Because I'm clearly having a reaction, just not to that person's face. And I think it's at that point we need to teach our kids boundaries. And how to stand up for themselves and the appropriate way to stand up for yourself. It's not, oh, somebody said something that you don't like about you, go hit them. No. It's about being like, so this person said A, B, and C, my reaction is bad, and I just have to say something about it to defuse the situation. I think that parents don't know how to tell their kids or give their kids the right way to defuse the situation and to move on. So what happens is it damages that kid. And remember, like, it's proven, especially if you are into esotericism like I am, that in seven years of a kid's existence, so the first seven years, they already know what they need for the rest of their life. So I'm not saying, (laughs) you know, at seven, abandon your kid. I'm saying that at seven, whatever you've exposed your kid to, Whatever you told them was okay behavior, however you've disciplined them, is now what is going to be stuck with them for the rest of their life. They have now all the skills, tools, and knowledge as to how to be accepted in society. Sorry, I had to think about that. Like, how to fit into society. And I know immediately as a trigger point when parents are told about what a mess their kids are it reflects badly on them and I, I do get that 100% but what are you giving to that child in their first seven years are you giving them tools to manipulate situations are you telling them the importance of always being right are you telling them to you know turn the other cheek 
um, when it comes to situations or confrontations because when that child grows older and into their adolescence way past that into their adult life you're going to see how those things play out in their life because that's what they know as their core values and their core strengths so that's where you have to really ask yourself like what is it that I'm putting into my kid and what is the output is it positive or is it negative is it going to affect the kid negatively, you know, as a parent, take your ego out of it, but it's going to affect the kid negatively or positively. Like if I have a look at recreational drinkers that don't know their stopping point that are parents. Now the kid is going to like grow up thinking that alcohol is A, absolutely fine, B, makes you happier, and then C, every now and again, starts an argument and shit goes south. That is not healthy for a kid to think at all because that kid will start experimenting at a very young age. And on this, something else I'm going to have to reiterate. Guys, kids are not stupid. They know how to use phones. They know how to go on your Google and your Google search. They can do... (laughs) I was actually quite shocked to figure out how clever kids can be with technology. They can actually go and do voice to word sort of command and figure things out for themselves find youtube videos so lying to your kids about santa and lying to your kids about certain situations is not going to get you anywhere as a parent like honestly no i think it's very important just like i saw this post um and i'm going on about kids but that's the thing these kids end up being adolescents and they turn into adults who need therapy so rather get them at the core but that said like I saw a little post on Facebook, I think it was yesterday, that wanted to reiterate the importance of boys and girls, little boys and little girls, calling their private parts exactly what it is, so a penis and a vagina, because there was a a teacher in this post that, you know, a little girl would come in and say, you know, my uncle licked me on my cookie, and the teacher would think nothing of it and be like, Next time, say, if he licks your cookie, he must give you another one. So not thinking anything of it, what had happened was the parent weeks later came of that little girl, came in and said, look, this little girl here, like she's got a rash on her, you know, cookie. And then the teacher put those two and two together. That little girl had been referring to our private part as a cookie and our uncle had been molesting her. And the parents were none the wiser. And then the rash happened. So the importance of educating your kids on what is acceptable behavior and not acceptable behavior, what are are boundaries at a very young age, is very, very important. Because we can't have this little kid thinking that the uncle's actions are actually a positive thing. It's something that if anybody touches you in a certain way, you tell mom and dad, and then it's mom and dad's responsibility to handle it like adults in a very diplomatic way which is not easy but full disclosure when did i ever say anything i'm going to say is easy and targetable so again um that said like let us move on into the next little topic i did write it down here somewhere why are people so apprehensive of therapy I think I've been asking this a lot. 
Guys, we are in this woke, self-aware age. We need to know that if we tell our friends, our family, our community member, whatever, we are seeking therapy, that it's not something that should be stigmatized. It should actually be like, hell fucking yeah, you're doing something for yourself. So I understand therapy is not cheap. It is not a little patch that fixes your problems forever. It's an ongoing, continuous thing. But like I said, it should be looked at as an investment in yourself. You're the one that needs a therapy. You're the one that's going to take one hour of your time to speak to this therapist about situations and how you can better handle them. So don't look at it in that way. Look at it as an investment in yourself. Now, if I can go into self-love, which I'm going to have to have a different segment for, but that is also just showing yourself that there is something that I'd like to change about myself and this is how I'm going to do it. So culturally, societally, we need to stop throwing these things out to you go to therapy or oh, you must be a psychopath. That's also something that we should stop doing. Like people have odd behaviors every now and again and we the force to point out that psychopathic, that sociopathic, that's so narcissistic of you. Can we please stop doing that as well when we don't actually know what the definitions of a psychopath, a sociopath is? Guys, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And I, I can see the reflection of just, you know, willy-nilly throwing these words out there without knowing either the ramifications of what we're saying or who we're saying it to. Um, I obviously will scroll through my TikTok and I say scroll, I'm lying because I spent about two hours a day on TikTok and I came across somebody that is a schizophrenic and explained what it's like to live his life, um, about voices, about audiovisual hallucinations, about stuff like that. And I was like, you know, you look at somebody that's quite into themselves and you're like, that person is clearly schizophrenic. Tick, look at me, I'm a doctor. No, guys. I don't think it's fair how we treat other people in general. Like, in this day and age, we are becoming way more about ourselves to benefit ourselves to the detriment of others. How do you like that as a little unveiling? It's not okay. It's like, I'm helping this person out so that I can look like the hero and my ego gets a boost. I have never been in such a place where egos are more important than anything else. Where status is more important than anything else. Material is more important than anything else. You have to sit there and question, like, why am I running with this situation? Why, is it, why does it mean so much to me? Why does it? Let me give you guys a little bit of an example. I bet you everybody knows somebody that on the outside looks like a perfect family, perfect kids, private school, parties all the time, you know, birthday parties, not parties, but like birthday parties all the time, extravagant gifts, extravagant birthday parties, better than most people's weddings look like. And then you look at this happy couple, their happy kids and their happy marriage only to find out bra deep down inside some shit's going on it's because we keep into that image that we're okay when we're not now simply for me i don't act like i'm okay when i'm not okay because i'm not going to lie to other people i'm lying to myself and i'm a terrible flipping liar so i'm not going to do that 
if people have crossed the line, I like to tell them, I think in this place you crossed the line. And whatever their reaction to shows me how to deal with the situation in future. Like if the person goes, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I had no idea that this is how you felt. And they make a change and they stick to that. Then I know, okay, cool, this person is receptive and rece- respects me, my space, my time. And, and said that they're sorry. I have never in my life been around more people that cannot admit when they're wrong like what's wrong with that you're wrong so admit it take accountability for your actions but we're not doing that anymore it's kind of bs if you ask me but yeah um like i was saying you see this perfect couple on the outside and inside they're on the verge of divorce they're separating they're breaking up they don't know what to tell the kids they don't know what to tell themselves they don't sleep on antidepressants because they're going through a very huge life shift you're not happy with a person anymore and you don't know how to go about it. How is therapy not going to be beneficial to you where you could weigh out your pros and your cons for any decision that you decide to do that is literally that big? Because separating from somebody else is also a very big step. It's not something that you can just run out of and be like, woo, look at me, I'm free. No, there's got to be baggage that you're taking from that you need to sort out in your own time given, but you know, Guys, I just, mm-mm. when I hear stories like this and people just refusing the therapy, I'm like, but why? Is this a trauma you want to take with to your grave? You think people are going to judge you for something you couldn't control? Like, come on. It's kind of bullshit. Um, what do societal norms have to do with therapy? It's a very good question. What, why is society being like this? Like, Society is literally telling us right now that exhibitionism is fine and showing women half naked on the TV is fine. Calling someone a bitch is fine. Calling somebody a hoe is fine. Like, where do we draw the line in the situations? You know, have a look at things that you see, little news bulletins that you hear. If they're not misinformation, even better. But like, have a look at these situations where the very fabric of things have changed. Think about how your grandparents lived as opposed to now. They had traumas of their own that they decided to deal with on their own and not make it public news. But it's not saying that going to a therapist is making a public news. You're making a change for yourself. How is that bad? And lastly, like, if I could just help one person out there that would make me absolutely happy but years ago I went into cognitive behavioral therapy because I had two major issues I was struggling with suicidal thoughts and I was struggling with an eating disorder one of them had to go in order for me to be healthy if both of them went that would be phenomenal because I would not be sitting with an eating disorder and I definitely wouldn't be sitting with suicidal thoughts and one day that might take my life away. Like I was concerned about how often these thoughts were coming and how often I was doing very self-harming behavior. So I sat down with a cognitive behavioral therapist for six months of my life. And now I can safely say that I understand why I had suicidal thoughts. I know how to shut those off. I know how to treat it like an intrusive thought as opposed to something that is a call to action. And the same with an eating disorder. Like, already I know I have anxiety. Already I know 
that my appetite gets suppressed because I'm overthinking too much. There's times I have to take a deep breath and be like, what is it going to be today? Cool. I would like a peanut butter sandwich and I go and have a peanut butter sandwich for the sustenance. Because starving myself is also a very deep psychological situation that was harming me. I wasn't getting supplements. I became like anemic. I had zinc deficiencies. I wasn't very healthy. I used to have fainting spells and stuff like that. I was doing that to myself. And the thing is that like what it boiled down to at the end of the day was that I kind of loathed myself. And I asked myself, but you know, had I picked up on this earlier, I would have understood that I loathed myself because I didn't see myself through the eyes of Lucy. I saw myself out of the eyes of other people. So when people complimented me, I felt uncomfortable. And when people dissed me, I felt very comfortable because it was feeding into self-hatred, which is very ugly behavior. Like I hated myself, so I'd punish myself, whether it was not eating or thinking about offing myself. And I'm very sorry for like how, as I said, explicit content on this situation, because guys, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat crap like for anybody. So that said, I thought about this whole situation, like when did all of these suicidal thoughts start? Pubescent. When did eating disorders happen? You know, prepubescent. So I suffered through my prepubescence, my pubescence, and much of like my other life without going to a nutritionalist or a dietitian and saying, hey, I want to lose a little weight because I'm getting a bit teased at school that I have a big ass. You know, instead of going and about it the right way and inculcating physical exercise into my day-to-day, I was rather starving myself and feeling really bad about myself. Like I'd starve and starve and look like a skinny person, but I was miserable. I looked really bad. And as for the suicidal thoughts, things, like I said, my issue is like seeing myself through other people's eyes that didn't have my best interests at all. So I stopped that crap. I guess I still care what people think to an extent, but I see myself through Lucy's eyes. Because why was I given this? Why was I given a brain to think for myself and eyes to see for myself? Just to have somebody else come around and tell me what to think and what to do doesn't make any sense. So what I had realized was that in puberty, during puberty, growing up, I didn't go to my mom and say, I feel really sad today because with my mom, she was somebody that wanted to see results. With my dad, he was a dude stuck with three goals, like that poor guy. So I wasn't going to bore them with how I felt. And then I was comparing myself unconsciously to other people and being like I should be skinny like her pretty like her and I was just comparing myself to other people that was just completely unattainable and uncalled for at the end of the day so having gone through therapy I realized I didn't do anything for myself I might have been accused a million times of just thinking about myself in certain situations but again from somebody trying to hurt me who's saying this so again Are we in a position right now to take cognitive thinking and actually see things for what they are, think for ourselves and see for ourselves, instead of like relying on other people to make us feel A, beautiful, B, skinny, you know, C, desirable. All of these things is stuff that we have to do for ourselves where we can face that person or that reflection in the mirror and be like, 
from head to toe, I love exactly who you are. You got this and move on with our lives. So let's just quickly wrap up this segment. What do I think about therapy? Very helpful, personally. You might think otherwise, but in all honesty, why not just go for therapy, guys? Especially if you know that there's something within yourself saying, you know, if I spoke to somebody about this situation, I get a different perspective or opinion about it, and that could really help me. But instead, we're denying ourselves these situations because of our community, our culture. Do it for yourself. It's, it's for you anyway. So that just wraps up our whole conversation. I'm very glad I did this. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. And yeah, if there's any other topics, please let me know. What should I speak about this time? 